The sun is setting on another beautiful day in Santa Fe. It's time to kick back with a Santa Fe pale ale and some green chili pizza. I'm John Golden. Psst, Sarah, it's your line. Wait, wait, where's my wife? Welcome back to Sundowners, folks. If you couldn't tell by the new theme music, the different intro, or the higher quality microphone, this is a brand new season with some brand new twists. Speaking of which... Bonjour. Sarah, is that you? Oui, c'est moi. Um, where are you? Uh, Why are you speaking French? Uh, did you forget the part where I left for Paris last week? Oh, yeah. I guess that did happen. Yeah, I guess after five and a half months of near-constant togetherness, I, I still haven't gotten entirely used to you not being in the next room. Well, I'm, I'm here in Paris, mon cher, and I won't see you until April? Huh. Well, I guess that means we'd better figure out a new format for the podcast. Yeah, I guess so. But maybe before we dive into what's new, we should actually start with a recap of Season 1 of Sundowners. Sure, yeah. So, previously on Sundowners. This is on top of the Shimasuzawa Dam near Yubari. It's insane, I tell you! Insane! Usually that's to my advantage. Well, I mean, all kidding aside, I think it would probably actually be good to start with a little recap for new listeners or those needing a refresher. Yeah, maybe so. Well, I mean, let's start with the obvious. Why are you in Paris? Well, there are two reasons. The first is that I won this postdoctoral fellowship from the Society of Architectural Historians called the H. Allen Brooks Traveling Fellowship that pays for a year of travel anywhere in the world. And unlike most postdoctoral fellowships, which expect you to, you know, write a book based on your dissertation or go to some archives for a new research project, this one is all about experiential travel. Basically, I'm just supposed to be reading, writing, sketching, and thinking with the hope, I guess, that I'll be a more worldly and seasoned architectural historian equipped to make professional contributions. And um, how's that going so far? I mean, it's a little hard to tell. I'm, I'm only halfway through. I guess friends and family can tell me in July if I'm more cosmopolitan and erudite in 2019 than I was last year. I mean, but as regular listeners know, this is not just totally unscripted travel. I mean, you had to propose a thematic plan coming in and and really have an itinerary in mind. Yeah, that's right. So my project is examining the way that industrial heritage sites, you know, old mines, factories, power stations, that kind of thing, are being reused and or interpreted for public audiences. If you want to hear more about the sort of fine details of my proposal, you can listen to our uh, rather stilted pilot episode. We've come so far, 
Well, maybe. You can also check out my website at sarahrovang.com. That's S-A-R-A-H-R-O-V-A-N-G.com. Right. So um, what's the other reason that you're in Paris right now? Well, the other reason is partially research. There is actually a lot of hidden industrial heritage lurking around Paris. But that other reason is actually mostly pragmatic. Your parents are living here for six months on sabbatical, and they've graciously offered up the second bedroom of their apartment for my use while I'm in town. Oh, so that's where my parents are. I thought the house here in Santa Fe seemed kind of empty. Exactement. So I'm sort of using Paris as my base, and I'm doing a bunch of these two-week side trips to various parts of Europe. So a, a bit of a different pace from the first half of the trip, where we were together and kind of ran, ran, ran all over town. Yeah, that's right. So do you want to give a recap of that portion for our listeners? Sure. Uh, So we spent six weeks in South Africa, eight weeks in Japan, and then six weeks in Chile, during which time we went to 14 mines and something like 83 museums. But, I mean, really, who's counting? That's right. And as we spent a lot of time talking about last year, you know, the fact that we had some structure to the trip really gave us a good way to motivate and organize the travel. You know, deciding where to go and what to do is something we've struggled with on past trips. And having the theme of industrial heritage meant that we kind of always had a goal or an idea in mind. Yeah. And as we also remarked upon last season, it was really freeing not to have to fixate on how much fun we were having while traveling. I mean, the goal was to learn and to just be out in the world. So even if a particular experience didn't go the way that we expected, it was almost certainly still interesting. Which isn't to say that the trip was always easy. There were certainly points when it was exhausting or confusing or uncomfortable, but it was always, always a learning experience. And I think one that we'll grow into and continue to process as time goes on. But traveling is kind of like occupying an alternate reality. You know, things going on at home, whether it's the national news or just news with our families, felt weirdly removed from our daily life of, you know, navigating bus schedules, making it to the next Airbnb, and seeing whatever industrial heritage site was on the docket for the day. So coming home at the end of the trip from Santiago, Chile to Albuquerque, New Mexico was definitely a bit of a shock to the system. (laughs) That's for sure. And as Sarah mentioned in her newsletter, which as a reminder, you should totally sign up for if you haven't already. Just Google Rovang I, that's my last name, followed by the word E-Y-E, and you'll see a link to the tiny letter sign-up page. Right, so as Sarah mentioned in her newsletter, Once we got back to New Mexico, we had less of a winter break and more of a winter, oh my god, there are so many people visiting, and they all have rhinovirus, and now we all have rhinovirus, and Jesus, I should be applying for jobs, and when do you go to Paris again, and why is everything hard? Seriously, I have never seen a house run out of Kleenex that fast. Of course, I mean, it it was really great to see so many family and friends, and we got to be back with our dear sweet Nessa, whose butt remains the wiggliest butt. And Albuquerque and Santa Fe remain absolutely lovely places to be, particularly when they're getting as much snow as they have this season. And despite our compromised respiratory systems, we managed a few good hikes and ate lots of great New Mexican food. I know that most people love the food from where they're from, but after our big trip, I feel even more fortunate to come from a place with such a distinct and wonderful local cuisine. You know, I still feel like a lot of the best food I ate in 2018 was in New Mexico. For sure. But alas... All good but oh-so-busy things must come to an end, and after just a couple short weeks, it was time for me to pack my things and head back on the road. Yeah, that kind of snuck up on us, I think. Or at least, 
it was weird how, you know, all our time on the road, we had pretty much identical priorities and things on our mind, you know, get to this place, see this thing, find our hotel. But then as soon as we kind of stepped off the plane in New Mexico, that changed entirely. You had to start thinking about traveling solo in Europe, and I had to start thinking about getting a job and what it would be like to live solo plus dogs in Santa Fe. Definitely. Yeah, we went from being hyper-connected and kind of joined at the hip to all of a sudden having to be very independent. Which is maybe not the worst thing? <laughs> no, maybe not. But still, abrupt nonetheless. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. But yeah, so on January 14th, which is a couple weeks ago at this point, you hit the road again. And what's that been like? Great. I'm living with your parents right now in Paris in a former convent, which is, I mean, actually pretty cool. I have my own little bedroom hidden on a lower floor, which I've taken to calling the Caveau de Serra. So I'm occupying a 2200 square foot house and you have 70 square feet to call your own. Yes, but you know, it's just such a blessing to have my own private space. Anyway, I've just been getting settled in here, getting over the last of the rhinovirus and the jet lag. But in a day or two, I'm going to head to Milan, and that'll be the sort of first of these two-week trips that I'm doing to various parts of Europe. The nice thing about this leg of the trip in Europe is that Europe has so many industrial heritage sites that have been developed for tourism that there's a little bit less pressure as compared to Chile, say, where when our tour of the world's second largest copper mine got canceled, it was a real bummer. So where are you going after Milan on this first trip? So I'll be in northern Italy for a little over a week, and then I'll be in Slovenia, which I have to say I'm weirdly excited about, because from everything I've heard, it's seriously underrated as a tourism destination. Yeah, and, and you've had a couple days on the ground so far by yourself, and you know, how are you feeling about kind of traveling solo? Oh, fine. I, I think it'll be really empowering for me, and definitely a good way to build independence and self-reliance. But there are admittedly aspects to being a woman traveling alone that are pretty annoying. And I'm, I'm guessing by aspects, you mean men. Yeah, and just patriarchal culture in general. You know, last night I was at this jazz club with your parents and I got dragged onto the dance floor by a guy twice my age. I mean, it, it turned out totally fine and it wasn't creepy or anything. But honestly, I was just having a perfectly nice time listening to the music without dancing. You know, and I, I have this sneaking suspicion that that would not have happened had you been there sitting next to me. You know, there was actually a sketch on SNL this weekend called, um, it was a commercial for something called the Travel Alern, which is a, a fake urn you can carry with yourself as a solo female traveler to pretend that you're going to scatter ashes, which is supposed to be an effective block against men coming up and talking to you. <laughs> So maybe you should uh, you should pick up a, a travel alern. I will definitely consider that. Anyway, how has it felt for you to be back in New Mexico by yourself? Oh, you know, it's fine. As I've said many times, Santa Fe is you know pretty much a deliriously nice place to be. I get to take Ness out on these amazing hikes right out of our backyard. It's wonderfully quiet and peaceful up at my parents' house. I've got a nice little office set up, a cozy fireplace, and a big TV, and... I think if I if I keep myself to two bottles a week of my parents' wine, I should last until July. <laughs> I promise I won't tell them. But yeah, so with that great setup you've got going, I mean, who needs a job, right? That's right. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> the whole job thing is certainly an interesting question. Um, you know, one of my greatest strengths, but also sort of greatest weaknesses, is that I'm really good at making other people happy. But 
I'm at the expense of not really knowing what makes me happy. I know it sounds really cliche, but I am trying to figure out, you know, what I want to do rather than what other people want me to do. And that's a tough question to answer. At this point, you know, I'm just kind of following the well-worn stereotype of letting my hair grow long, going on a bunch of hikes, and reading Walden by the fire. Hopefully I'll, I'll find a more individualistic path soon. Hey, I mean, until you do that, sounds pretty great, honestly. Yeah, but, I mean, you've got to promise me that you'll intervene if I, I don't know, start reading some David Foster Wallace or something. Though, I don't know, maybe when, we're, when I'm done with Thoreau, we could read Proust and talk about that. Perfect. Sundowners Book Club, anyone? <laughs> I'm, I'm sure that's exactly what our listeners want. Let's make the episodes really long and have it just be us wallowing in nostalgia. I mean, I think that describes a lot of podcasts, actually. Well, fair point, yeah. Anyway, I digress. I do have some interesting leads on jobs, um, but I am kind of worried that some of them are too similar to my previous career in science. But anyway, we'll see. You know, Santa Fe isn't a huge town, so there are kind of finite options. But, you know, who knows? I might come up with something cool all on my own. And, you know, you Sundowners listeners will be the first to hear about it. And also, I should say, I've got an empty guest house up here in Santa Fe and no one to talk to other than the dogs. So if any of our listeners are itching for a little Santa Fe vacay, you know, let me know. Hey, and I mean, you've still got me to talk to via Skype anyway. And speaking of which... Despite being eight time zones apart, we will be back to our weekly podcasting schedule starting now. And we'll have all new recurring segments and a new format and kind of freshen and liven things up. So look for episodes of Sundowners, Where's My Wife, every Tuesday on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you haven't already, again, sign up for the Rovang Eye newsletter and read Sarah's other regular blogs for the Society of Architectural Historians and the National Trust's Preservation Leadership Forum blog. That's a mouthful. <laughs> it's the whole Rovang Eye media package. And I would say that if you're loath to sign up for more email when you already listen to the podcast, know that we do try hard to avoid overlap between the various things that we're producing. And with that, folks, we'll wrap it up. Tune back in next week for another episode of Sundowners, Where's My Wife? I wonder where you'll be, Sarah. That's one secret I'll never tell. Nice Gossip Girl reference. Thanks. Our theme music for this season is by one of our favorite bands, The Liminianas. Check them out. Thanks for listening, and we're looking forward to putting together some fun episodes for you listeners over the next six months. Abiento, and happy trails! Mm-hmm.